the reason I liked it is because it connects very directly with my talk on the four deadly errors and how you don't have to worry about giving too much help. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, some of our most popular podcasts are actually based on conference talks that you give at various conventions that you speak at still around the nation. Which is rough because I have to remember then what was I talking about. (laughs) Meaning you don't remember what you talk about when you go to homeschool conferences or school conferences? Sometimes it fuzzes together. (laughs) Then the other really hilarious thing that happens sometimes, people will walk up to me and say, I heard you say, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And I'm just listening to this in disbelief. There is no possible way that I said that. (laughs) So either I'm losing my mind or her memory is not too good. Right. But we do tend to do that. We kind of translate ideas into words that fit our memory of things. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, in my talk on Mm -hmm. memory, uh, it's very interesting because – there's so much research to show that the th- the way we remember things is not necessarily at all the way they actually happened. Ah, so perception is reality. Yeah, the viability mm-hmm. of memory. Yeah. Uh, which reminds me of Twain who said, you know, when I was young, I could remember everything, the things that happened and the things that didn't happen. <laughs> but now that I'm old, my faculties are waning and I can only remember the things that didn't happen. <laughs> It's terrible to go to pieces like this, but we all have to do it. (laughs) Well, do you happen to remember the talk that you gave? And you've actually, I think you've been working on this talk for several years, but you've added it to your speaker platform. Yes. Well, it's the like like some talks, I tried it out Mm -hmm. in a super safe environment, almost as a joke. Okay. (laughs) And it went over pretty well. Yes. So then I tried it in a slightly less safe environment, and it was equally well-received. So then I thought, okay, this it may not be the most enlightening, the most brilliant, the most helpful talk, but it might be the most entertaining. Yes, yes. And, of course, that talk is? Pedagogy Lessons from Cinema. From Cinema. So we're going to the movies today. Yeah, it was years and years ago. I was at the, um, I was in an event in Louisville, Kentucky, very small kind of informal gathering. And I was talking to a teacher older than me, so old. <laughs> and uh, he, w- somehow we got on the topic of movies we like and mm-hmm. why as teachers we like those movies. And he pointed me in the direction of a couple movies I had not been Mm -hmm. familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned a few, and 
had a pretty good list. So I thought, okay, next time I go back to that event, I'll just pitch it, see if they want it. And they said, yeah, give it a shot. So I collected up. Actually, I had way more movies than I could fit into the time available. But I collected up a few, made a little PowerPoint with clips from these movies. And it was an easy talk. All I had to do was play a movie clip and then say what I thought was interesting or useful about that. And I didn't have to be particularly well-prepared, articulate, <laughs> or insightful because the movies speak for themselves. Yes, yes, that's true. And, of course, as you share these movie ideas, we will put links in our show notes so that our listeners can actually view the clips that you're talking about, the wonders of modern technology. We, we hope there will be clips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we can't play the clips here. No. Because it's copyright. Right. But people can put them on YouTube? Mm. How is this? <laughs> yeah, it's the one talk that the convention recording people mm-hmm. don't like because, you, you know, they're careful too. Yes, of course. Well, and before you dive into this, let me just ask you this question. Are you planning to give this talk this year in 2022 at any of the conventions that you're going to? I, I don't think so. I did it last year at mm-hmm. all of the great homeschool conventions, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to, you know, rotate talks. Sure. So unless one of the other states that hasn't set the menu yet mm-hmm. looks at it and said that would be good, Yep. I don't. I don't have a plan well, immediately. This, this may be the place to go if you want to hear this talk this year. Yeah, because it wasn't recorded last <laughs> year. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was actually at the Great Homeschool Conference in Ontario, in Southern California, mm-hmm. and your flight was delayed, and you were going to do this talk. And I was really looking forward to this because mm. I hadn't heard this talk for a long time. So, But now I get to hear it now firsthand, sort of. <laughs> Lots of great movies well, with great we start teachers. With, and I don't know there's any particular logic to the order of these movies. Okay. Certainly, I, I certainly didn't do them chronologically. I, I must have had some reason for putting the first one first and the last one last and everything in between. The first one maybe because I think it was the first teacher hero movie mm. that I remember seeing when I was a young teacher. Oh, okay. And there's a kind of a whole genre of these teacher hero movies. Oh, very much so. And several that are worthy of mention, but did not, not make it into my presentation. Great. The one that did make it in is Lean on Me, which came out in 1989 and Stars Morgan Freeman. Okay. A very much younger Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and the the basic story, it starts with him at Eastside High School in New Jersey in 1967. Okay. I have very little memory of what schools might have been like in 1967 and no idea of what high schools might have been like. But in this particular school... The boys were wearing ties. Oh, nice. The girls were all wearing dresses. And he was kind of this hip, 60s, somewhat, probably a little radical, non-traditional, sporting a bit of an afro, Mm -hmm. but super engaging teacher, Mm -hmm. doing a lesson on civics, probably, talking about our origins 
of our rights, of our declaration mm. and constitution. And he's got the the boys and the girls playing against each other. Oh, interesting. In a race, a quiz race game. Now, there's so many things wrong with this picture to begin with, but it's so good because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, he's he's got it set up so they're all lined up in the back of the room and he asks the question and then if they think they can answer it, they run to the front of the room as fast as possible, hit the bell on the desk and answer the question. And of course, the first question is, you know, something about the origin of our of our constitutional rights mm. or mm-hmm. our modern justice system. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember, but the boy wearing his tie <laughs> runs up to the front, hits the thing, and gives the wrong answer. Oh. And then the girl hits it and gives the right answer, and he gives a little discourse on how our rights actually are derived from English common law, which was kind of cool. And then he says, okay, you know, girls are ahead. Boys, you better work hard. Mm -hmm. And then that scene kind of fades out. And then it goes forward 20 years, and the high school is like the pit of hell, Mm -hmm. graffiti on the walls Mm -hmm. and really kind of a place that no one would want to walk into, like the worst picturing of a high school that you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And then the, the movie, he comes in now as the principal and locks out the drug dealers and institutes discipline and transforms this high school from a disaster to a good place. That's the movie. Mm-hmm. So I just showed the first scene because it kind of correlates with my talk on motivation, mm-hmm. the importance of games, the differences between boys and girls in terms of competition aptitude, mm-hmm. kind of generally, but... Mm-hmm. True. And I just kind of like that idea that here was a movie even mentioning English common law. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and that we can we can very often use games and competition to engage students in learning information which they otherwise might have little or no interest sure. in. And also, you know, a teacher who's who's wise enough to let the students get up out of the chairs and move around a little bit, who's willing to break the mold, so to speak. And also, I just kind of love the idea of a high school classroom where the boys are wearing ties and the girls are wearing (laughs) dresses. Right, right. So that was the the first clip uh, from Lean on Me in 1989. And the whole movie is really worth watching Mm -hmm. uh, because it's it's very inspiring about how he does – use discipline, insight, builds personal relationships, and he loves the students who are very unlovable Yeah, and brings out the best of them. Yep, some of your it, secret it, weapons yeah, in it, your motivation talk. It kind of makes you think of uh, Jaime Escalante in the movie about the calculus class hmm. in the Los Angeles City School. I don't remember the name of that one, do you? But um, that kind of situation where someone can go into a very difficult, bad situation and transform it through goodness and truth and beauty. Right. The next movie, and I'm not sure why I picked it next, was um, Aquila and the Mm, Bee. Yep. This 
came out in 2006. Starbucks Entertainment, mm-hmm. if you can believe that. Yep. And I guess they they did the right thing. They made one movie and then quit making movies while they were ahead because this is one of the best movies. Yep. I, I would put this as the best movie of the decade mm. that, that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. And uh, the setup is there's this um, young girl, probably around 13, inner city somewhere, um, hard circumstance. Uh, she's African-American. Her whole community is kind of in a lower mm-hmm. zone. And she's good at spelling. And someone kind of convinces her against her wishes, but she does it anyway to compete in the spelling bee. She wins. So she goes to the next level. She wins. So she goes to the next level. And pretty soon she's going to the national spelling bee. In the process, you see how the community kind of rallies behind her and, you know, these tough street-wise, you know, older boys are helping her study spelling words. Right, yep. Uh, The scene that I chose, she's with her mentor, Mm -hmm. um, played by Lawrence Fishburne, Mm -hmm. and I really like him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a national champion, I believe, and now he's doctor, Laramie. And he's coaching her. And there's this scene that happens at his home where two things happen. The first thing that happens is he wants her to listen to him read great classic essays, Mm -hmm. uh, one of them by W.E. Du Bois. And so he's connecting with, you know, the heritage as well as education and intellect. And she says, why are we wasting time reading Mm. these speeches? And he says, they're essays. (laughs) Um, And the time I learned one word, my competitor, this Korean young man, Mm -hmm. has probably learned 10. Mm -hmm. And he gives her a little talk about, you know, the words can be in your head, but if they're in your heart, that's how we communicate and That's where the real value and meaning of learning this is. Hmm. And then he segues that into kind of a little lesson on word roots. Mm. Mm -hmm. And he has a nice little poster that he had made up with all of these words that have mostly Greek and Latin word roots. And uh, she kind of discovers that, oh, big words are just made from little words. Mm -hmm. And there's... Greek and Latin and French and all these languages. And I had before in my spelling talk, before I even saw this movie, I had been pointing out to people, if you want to become a really good speller, you need to study mm-hmm. the morphemes, you know, mm-hmm. the, the roots. Um, there's another movie I wanted to put in, but I, I couldn't figure a way to do it. It was a documentary on the 1999, I believe, National Spelling Bee called Spellbound. Mm, right. And it's not as engaging as a dramatic presentation with good actors. Right. But as a documentary, it was quite interesting because it followed kind of the the lives and the study methods of five different kids who made it to the national competition. And what's interesting about this movie is I've never seen a child watch this movie and not have the attitude, I want to learn to spell better. Mm-hmm. So it has this really great inspirational effect. Yep. And the girl is just really good. Yeah. 
And I won't give it away, but there is a kind of moral mm-hmm. or I wouldn't even call it a moral lesson. I would say it is a lesson on nobility mm. that happens at the end of this movie mm-hmm. between uh, the girl Akila and the Korean boy who's her main competition. It's it's just powerful mm-hmm. and touching. And there's no reason a family couldn't watch this movie. There's nothing objectionable. And there are other little subplots and lines that go along. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I, I would say it's it's on the very top few movies to recommend Aquila and the Bee. Okay. That's spelled A-K-E-E-L-A-H. Okay. Since it's not a common name. No. <laughs> the third movie is a really old movie. Okay. At least by modern kids' okay. standards because it's in black and white. Oh, my. And I know some children today who flat out refuse to watch black and white movies because they think they're boring. Mm, mm-hmm. The trick for young parents is to just start watching black and white. Right. And then they don't know how old it is. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, grandson and, and his sister, he's nine, she's six. He's Yeah. They like watching old, old, black and white TV Lone Ranger episodes, Uh which are not only really hard on the eye because of the poor resolution and the black and white, this is bad acting, (laughs) but they don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this this movie, though, is one of the greatest films Mm -hmm. ever. Uh, of the whole century. It's The Bells of St. Mary's. Ah. This may be old enough to be outside of copyright. I don't know. Hmm. But it's um, Bing Crosby mm-hmm. and Ingrid Bergman. Mm-hmm. And the setup is um, a school, St. Mary's. It's a Catholic school. I don't remember what city. You get the feeling it's probably New York mm-hmm. or some city like that. And he is the one of the priests in the parish. And evidently the chaplain of the school. And Ingrid Bergman is uh, evidently the head of school and one of the teachers. Mm-hmm. And she's a nun, as are most all of the teachers. Mm-hmm. And so these are two of the greatest actors who've ever lived. Right. <laughs> and so even though it's in black and white, the acting is superior to much of what you would ever mm-hmm. encounter in a modern movie. Um, it also has music. And that mm. irritates some young people today <laughs> because they didn't grow up with the sound of music and Mary Poppins mm-hmm. and The Wizard of Oz like we did. Right. But it, the scene that I show, there's this girl, Patsy, and she's had a hard time. Her parents, her mom was a single mom. She didn't have her dad. They moved here. She's new to the school. And she's not doing too well. Hmm. She's really struggling. She's in eighth grade and she's supposed to graduate. And she's in the class, the English class of the sister, Mm -hmm. Sister Benedict, I believe. Mm. And she's at home struggling to write an essay. And uh, the priest comes over and as I guess priests used to do in small neighborhood parishes, visit families and talk to families and kids. Anyway, he's he she's actually in a boarding 
okay. situation. So he comes over and he talks to her and she goes, oh, I'm not doing, I should probably quit school. I should just go to work. I just, I'm not smart. And he, of course, says, never say that. Never think you're not smart. What are you trying to do? And she goes, well, the assignment is the five senses. Ah. And I just don't know what to write. So that typical, like, <laughs> blank paper, blank page, unhappy, overwhelmed 13-year-old mind. And IEW had not been invented mm, yet. <laughs> no. But he starts kind of reflecting on this topic out loud mm-hmm. and starts el- elaborating on how, you know, the senses are how we learn the world. And when, uh, when we have our senses, we can have our, you know, right living it mm. allows us to to appreciate the world we live in well and mm-hmm. and and then we have our sixth sense which is how to how to be mm. right? so she's enraptured with this and then he says i could go on she said well please do and then he starts singing a song of course at which point i have to cut it because otherwise the clip is way too long <laughs> so he sits down at the piano and starts singing all about this Okay, so then the next scene is he's come into the classroom with Sister Benedict, who then invites Patsy to read her paper. So Patsy starts reading this essay she wrote, and it is way above mm-hmm. the thinking of any kid in that class. Mm-hmm. And Sister Benedict is kind of eyeing you right. know, the, the priest from the side like, suspicious mm-hmm. like where would she ever have got this mm-hmm. stuff and uh, it, it's kind of humorous because she she ends her essay and, and says and to put it in my own words to be or not to be <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um, so there's that scene now simultaneously with this there has been another little episode going on which is a boy who's getting bullied on mm. the playground. Mm. And this was back in 1945. Okay. When, you know, boys fighting on the playground was more of a kind of normal thing right. than something that had to be stopped and propagandized against. Mm. And um, I found this really interesting. One thing that Dr. Sachs said mm in his book, um, Why Gender Matters, or his presentation, I don't remember which, he said an interesting phenomenon. When boys fight, they usually become good friends forever mm-hmm. because they've established their hierarchy. When girls fight for reals, they pretty much hate each other forever. Mm-hmm. They never get past it. But, and I'm sure exceptions to that, but I thought this was kind of funny. So anyways, this little boy, he gets beat up. So. Sister Benedict goes to the library and gets a book on boxing. Oh. <laughs> and she starts reading and practicing some of these boxing. <laughs> and she goes and teaches this boy how to box. <laughs> and there's a kind of funny scene in the middle where she's teaching him to box and then he hits her smack in the face. And, <laughs> and she wasn't expecting it. But So anyway, so now there's the scene where the boy's on the playground He's getting bullied by the bully, and they start boxing. Sister Benedict is watching from the window, kind of holding her fists mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, vicariously boxing along with him. Mm-hmm. And the priest comes out the door and sees the sister watching. And, of course, he kind of 
wins the fight and then they shake hands and agree to he'll buy him ice cream and they go away. And the father says to sister, he says, uh, amazing improvement in such a short time, wouldn't you say? (laughs) And she says, well, we sisters try to do the best we can, but is it really good to beat on your fellow man? (laughs) You know, so it's just kind of a window into a time when adults thought about children differently, Mm. for better or worse. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the reason I liked it is because it connects very directly with my talk on the four deadly errors. Right, exactly. And how you don't have to worry about giving too much help. What Patsy needed to write her essay was some ideas, mm-hmm. some something to model, something to imitate. Right. And she did it well, so well that it was noticeably too well. Mm-hmm. But she was happy. She was excited about what she had done. Right. And not knowing enough to give credit to Shakespeare for the quote, but it was somewhere in her mind. <laughs> mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. And and then, of course, the sister in a different situation realizing, okay, she needed to help in that way. So, But um, it, is, it is an absolutely magnificently beautiful movie. In fact, I took my grandson Aiden to a convention where I did this talk. Oh, nice. He sat right in the front row. Of course he did. He looked at the whole time, and then, of course, at the end of it, he said, oh, that was such a cliffhanger. (laughs) Perfect. So um, this summer, they were staying with us for many days, Mm -hmm. and... We uh, we watched maybe a few too many movies, but I <laughs> I went ahead and showed him the whole movie mm. and watched it again myself, and I was just struck with the incredible beauty at the end, particularly mm. at the end of this movie, and I I won't give it away, uh, but again this this is one of the greatest movies of the century, mm. and I would encourage all families to enjoy it. You know, if you happen to have been raised Catholic or are familiar with the Catholic world in some way, you might get a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But even if you're completely ignorant, you've got that mm-hmm. understanding. Once upon a time, there were Catholic schools with nuns. Mm-hmm. And a little window into that world is, is good. So Bells of St. Mary. The Bells of St. Mary, 1945. we've only talked about three movies, Andrew, and a nod or two to some that did not make the list. I think we're going to have to stop here and pick this up next time. Well, okay. We'll call this a cliffhanger. (laughs) I I guess. Um, Yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five more. Oh. And like I said, I, I could have put... So many more movies. And, and every time I've done this talk, someone walks up to me and says, how come you didn't put in right. blah, blah, blah? Fill in the blank. Like, right. There's only too much time. Right. There's only so much time. Well, so. let's see if we can plow through the next five next week. How does that All sound? All right. Sounds good to me. See you then. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. 
or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing, would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.